card. Not only does it make you special, but it gives you all kinds of deals with our friends on Main Street, including 10% off an anti-social skateboard shop, Devil May Wear, Red Cat Records, Woo Vintage Clothing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. I like Star Trek. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I love the Lord of the Rings. Great. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm into obscure 1950s atomic monster movies. Uh, okay. Sure. I really enjoyed the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. We can work with that. Here at the UBC Sci-Fi and Fantasy Society, we accept everyone. We have weekly movies, game nights, and the largest non-academic library at UBC. Come by our club room, 3206D in the Nest. It's a great place to eat lunch, hang out, and procrastinate. Check out our Facebook group, UBC Sci-Fi and Fantasy Society, to find out what's going on. Looking for a high-paced, exciting, full-contact sport that's tons of fun? Check out the Terminal City Roller Girls. The league was Vancouver's first ever female...
you're listening to The Real World with Dama and Dora on CITR 101.9 FM. We're broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam territory here on the UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Uh, recap, uh, The Real World is the UBC Film Society's radio show, and we try to connect uh, with other clubs and organizations on campus through film, and it's a lot of fun. Today, we're going to be talking about the adult animator, Ralph Bakshi. And we're very excited about that. Now, before we actually yes, we are. before we actually talk about Bakshi, I wanted to talk to you for a moment. Like, how did you come across this animator? Because, uh, like, Dora specifically requested that we do a Bakshi episode. And, yeah, I was just like, how does one come across this? You know what? That's an amazing question. Thank you. I have no idea. Um, I think I I've had like his Wikipedia page open up and like a tab on my computer. I want to say since the middle of last semester, I think I was just like googling like animation, and I was like adult animation. Like what's that? I wanted to watch more um, films that use that medium but that weren't like Disney because Disney does have such a strong hold on that whole genre. It's pretty freaky. Um, and he, he's like one of the big ones. Um, like Fritz the cat, his first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was like 1991, 1972. In my head, I I had 1971, like the, the numbers, the image. Uh, I'm sick. You can't judge me. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that was, like, pretty groundbreaking. Um, there were a lot of, like, kids-animated movies with Disney. There were a lot of, like, animated cartoon TV shows, but not really any feature-length films. Um, and so him just, like, kind of championing that whole um, genre and that whole space um, is what made me think about him. And also, I actually realized... Um, I had actually watched one of his movies when I was, like, 17, um, just, like, because I found it. Um, and I, it, like, it didn't really, like, I, I remembered it, but I, it didn't really, like, hit me as, like, like, this is something that might be important for me later in my life. Um, but he's really cool. He's really interesting. He makes really weird movies. Um, he's a weird dude, but, yeah, that's just how I, that's just how I found him. And I'm, I'm, I've, I keep being, like, you have to watch his movies, like, you're going to do it. So I was like, okay, now I need an actual excuse to just sit down and watch them. That is what the real world is, excuse an excuse to watch movies. Truly. So real quick before we actually get into this, I forgot to mention that what we just listened to was Sugar Daddy by Patsy Gallant uh, from Campbellton, New Brunswick. Uh, so this isn't from any of uh, Bakshi's films. It's just like a thematic thing of like the time where he was making films, so the 70s. And like he does deal with a lot of adult themes and he has a lot of like interesting uh, music choices in his films. So we thought that was appropriate. So yeah. uh, Dora, you said you accidentally watched a film before you were actually forced to, the horror. Um, <laughs> what, what film was this? Well, um... It was Coonskin. Um, I actually, I didn't finish it. I started it because that was, like, a weird night. I'd, like, come across my first, like, 
really like racist website that was just like white supremacist being like, I hate the N words like for like pages and pages. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I was, it was my first encounter with like actual crazy extremism. And I was like terrified on the internet and someone had like linked this movie and I was like, what? And then I watched the beginning and I was like, I can't watch this. Like, this is awful. This is way too much. Um, and then I actually watched it. I finished, I started and completed um, full circle coonskin. Um, it was also awful, but I don't, I genuinely don't think that Bakshi meant for it to be awful. I think that he, um, like he was, he, cause he grew up pretty poor, um, super Jewish. He like escaped, um, Palestine, what's now Israel to like get out of, to escape world war two. And he moved to New York and he grew up in this like really diverse neighborhood. Um, and he had, I think he does have like, he did have like pretty, um, unique. And I want to say progressive ideas of race relations for the seventies, but as a white man making movies about race, it's, still very kind of like you don't really totally get it and like what you're like what you think you think you're you I'm sure he thought he was making like I'm making a movie that is very critical of race relations and like Brit like is about black people and everything but he makes awful caricatures and assumptions about black people there are no real like it's just like a really weird it's a really weird movie to watch. It was, mm-hmm. um, it was marketed as like a black exploitation film, but it's, but like fundamentally it's by a white dude. It's just like really weird. To be fair, um, like I've been, I've been Googling and he did hire like a ton of African-American animators to work with him on this. But like the, the heart of your idea still stands. Like he was the director, you know, like it was his idea and at the heart of the story is his idea to make a black film, basically. Yeah, and there's also, like, there's that fundamental, like, disconnect where, like, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Like, he doesn't, he can't really know the experiences that he's trying to portray. And it just, it's a, it's a really strange thing to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that being said, it was, it was good. Like, I, 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 I kind of enjoyed it. Do you want to tell us what it's actually about? I, I would love to. So it's like, it's kind of like, um, <coughs> there's like the cartoon story that's the main story that you're really watching that's kind of bookended and like in the context of a live action story um, where Barry White and his preacher friend are going to help their other friend um, escape from prison. And the those three like kind of main characters are also the main characters of the cartoon story which is like a story that's being told to the um escapee by this older um convict who's also trying to escape him and um about like the they're all kind of like parallel so Barry White's a bear the preacher is a fox and the escapee is a rabbit and how like in New York they um 
the kind of like takes over the whole drug and like mafia and prostitution kind of like realms in Harlem and just becomes kind of like the king really fast and just like their kind of like escapades and their story. And then um, it goes back to live action. <laughs> and that, yeah. that like um, contraposition of live action and animation is something that like I noticed a lot. I, I watched Wizards and I was just like looking into a lot of his other things and he does mix a lot of photography with animation which I think is really yeah. interesting um what I found really striking um I not in um Coonskin so much but in American Pop and also I'm watching the Lord of the Rings right now is he did a lot of rotoscape which is like he shot stuff in live action and then had animators like trace over and draw over those frames yeah yeah he does that for the armies in in Wizards yeah, and then, so, like, he, he does, like, use live action a lot in his animated films, especially, um, for yeah, for, like, armies and, like, those kind of scenes. What he does is he shoots them and then, uh, like, solarizes the film, which is just, like, exposing them a little too much. Mm. So they look kind of, like, blurry and as though they could be animated, but you, like, kind of know that they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, <clears throat> that's just, like... And just to save time, I think it's funny that he that he, um, for him, it was more cost effective to pay all these actors and pay out this crew to film people rather than drawing out, like actually physically drawing. Um, like you could draw like globs. I don't know, like human shaped globs. Um, I just think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but. The funniest thing about that is in Lord of the Rings, there's the end of it is not animation at all. It's just like a battle scene and it's like red and just like these really solarized like shapes just like stabbing at the camera almost. It's really, really weird to watch, mm-hmm. um, but it's cool. Yeah, I love how it, I feel like this almost came out of like laziness. Like he just didn't want to draw it out, but it ended up becoming this like key feature in a lot of his films. And it's something that really yeah. does give it this like weird surreal quality. Like when you're dealing with cartoons, you're like, "Oh, I'm safe. Like it's just cartoons, you know?" But when he starts bringing in these like flashes of live action, I feel like it really does bring in this like adult part of it. So he's dealing with adult themes in a cartoon world, which, would, like, you'd think it would give him, like, more room to play with these themes, but, like, he keeps reminding you that it's not just a cartoon. Like, he keeps mm-hmm. sending in these other images, like, no, it's not Disney. Like, you do also have this live-action thing going on, and that's why it's so striking. Yeah, but, but, okay, so what I find um, pretty interesting about him is that, like, if you look at his filmography, like, he ends with a lot of, like, fantasy stuff. Like, he made Lord of the Rings, he made Withers, he did Ice and Fire, Fire and Ice. Um, but his his first few cartoons, or his first few films, um, Fritz the Cat, Heavy Trafficking, yeah, Coonskin, they are all, like, X-rated. People, animals, cartoons are just all having sex with each other all the time. Like, people are getting beaten. People are doing so many drugs. It's incredible. And, like, especially, like, like Fritz the Cat was the first X-rated cartoon um, feature length ever. And, like, comparing that to Disney is so, like, 
weird. Because, like, yeah. that came out at the same time as, like, the Aristocats, like, Robin Hood, like, these, like, wholesome, like, the, the animated features out of the time were Disney and then, like, X-rated, like, don't show your children under any circumstance, like, content, um, which is really he, cool. Uh, the fact that he, like, uses the same idea that Disney uses of, like, oh, let's just have, make these characters be animals instead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. It's it's like he's almost parodying Disney in, in these films. Um, Fritz the Cat is actually based on, a car- like, an underground cartoon. Yeah, um yeah, because he, he wanted to make heavy traffic. Uh, fun fact, he wrote the script for Honey, Honey Tra- Heavy Traffic and brought it into a, a producer, and the dude was like, um, you need to make a feature for, uh, before this so that you kind of have, like, a base. <laughs> um, so pick, like, he was like, pick from a comic so they'll have the readers of that will come see it, and then also, like, you will create a fan base, whatever, to come see your next film. And he just, like, went to a comic book store and was like, yeah, Fitz the Cat seems cool, and just, like, chose him, um, made this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, like, if I was an artist, that's what I would want to do. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I really, like, I like that, like, th- there's a very literal connection between, like, these adult um, animated films and, like, adult comics that were going on, because it's, like, the same kind of relationship that comic books and adult comic books had like you know it started off as just being a thing that like little children could buy and read about like superheroes or whatever but at some point like the comic scene became very very shady like (laughs) there was there was a point in history where people were thinking of like banning comic books because they thought that they were corrupting young people and that was, like, the time that these underground comics started appearing. And they were like, oh, you think that the current comic books are bad? And then they started putting a lot of sex, drugs, yeah. and rock and roll in comic books. <laughs> and it got crazy. <laughs> a little sound bite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, like, I think that's, that is kind of, like, within the inherent nature of animation and cartooning, that, like, you can do anything you want. And, like, one of the, like, something that's always on people's mind is sex. So, like you can, like, make these, like, crazy idealized, like, hu- like unrealistic, but also, like, make it, like, tangible and, like, see it visually and see it happen, especially in an animated comic where, like, you can see the action happening and you're kind of, like, like, you can make anything happen. Yeah. And Bakshi does. Like, he goes for it, um, which I can respect. Um but my only issue with that really is that, like, he is not very, um, very super nice to women. Like, they're all just kind of, like, vapid, useless characters, which is, like, cool, but, like, no, yeah, also, like, like I, I noticed in Wizards that, like, the president's daughter, she's just kind of this character that's, like, in the background for, like, the first scene, and she, you can just kind of, like, see her nipples, and she's just, like, sitting there and being seductive. Oh, yeah, she's super hot, but, like... <laughs> but, like, what else like, are you doing? Yeah, she, like, the women in his um, films, and pretty consistently, and, like, I've, I've, I watched four of them um, from, like, a bunch of eras, and they're all just kind of, like, like 
fundamentally just sex objects um, to or like sex objects who are also like crazy like there are no um super sympathetic women there are no super complex women Mm -hmm. very cut and dry um and i i i guess that kind of comes with like the environment he was right like he grew up in um and like a product of kind of like his era Mm -hmm. um yeah but it's just a little disheartening to see but like he's obviously very flawed he's very controversial he went out he just went out and made stuff um which is you know what good for him i can still respect him even if i don't like super like his treatment of Mm -hmm. yeah like i saw i saw a few scenes of heavy traffic and like one of like the female portrayals that i noticed was not uh the way that i had seen all the other ones was the mother in Heavy Traffic, I think. There's oh, Ida? One, yes. So, like, there's one scene where there's just a lot of pictures coming on, and then, like, she's in the middle as an animated uh, person, but there's a lot of, like, pictures and, like, old uh, just video going on in the background. She's like, oh, yeah, Betsy did this thing, and then she got married, and then, like, it's just this old woman kind of remembering things. So it's still, like, mm-hmm. the stereotype of, like, the old woman that's kind of, like, lost in the past and whatever. But I, like, appreciated yeah. that she wasn't a sex object. Yeah, but then she she turns around and has so many scenes where she's just, like being an unreasonable, crazy, nagging wife, and then yeah. her and her husband just try to kill each other. Like, that, like he he does have little senses of, like, not humanity, but of, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, seeing, seeing um, not era. white men as people. Um, and then it just turns around, and you're just kind of like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> um, but he's still, he's cool. He's about, like, I would definitely recommend, like, he's... He's not someone who you're kind of like, I agree with everything that's happening, but he is someone that I think is it's important to watch yeah. what he's made. Because he made so much and was, like, very influential in making, like, almost validating um, animation as and can, like, be you, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, he's... People are always going to be a product of their era, you know, but he did create a dialogue about, like, racial issues and prostitution and drugs that, like, might not have been there in, like, the audience that he was aiming for. So I think there's something to be said about his his films and the way that he kind of transformed the animation genre, even though, like, yeah, he's going to have the limitations that any, like, human being has. Like, even people nowadays will often portray like women and races and did this thing and then she got married and then like it's just this old woman kind of remembering things so it's still like mm-hmm. the stereotype of like the old woman that's kind of like lost in the past and whatever but i like appreciated yeah. that she wasn't a sex object yeah but then she she turns around and has so many scenes where she's just like being an unreasonable, crazy, nagging wife, and then yeah. her and her husband just try to kill each other. Like that. Like he he does have little senses of like not humanity, but of like <laughs> I don't know, like seeing, seeing um, not era. white men as people. Um, 
and then just turns around and you're just kind of like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> um, but he's still, he's cool. He's about like, I would definitely recommend like, he's, he's not someone who you're kind of like, I agree with everything that's happening, but he is someone that I think is, it's important to watch yeah. what he's made. Cause he made so much and was like very influential in making like almost validating, um, animation as, and can like be you which is cool yeah yeah i definitely agree like he's people are always going to be a product of their era you know but he did create a dialogue about like racial issues and prostitution and drugs that like might not have been there in like the audience that he was aiming for so i think there's something to be said about his his films and the way that he kind of transformed the animation genre even though like yeah he's gonna have the limitations that any like human being has like even people nowadays will often portray like women and races in ways that in a few years are going to be seen as not great but like he still created a very important dialogue that i think is super cool Plus, like, the actual animation and the way that he mixes it with photography is beautiful. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think totally. that is about it for today. Thank you again for joining us today, Dora. You're welcome. And uh, get better soon. Oh, I will try. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So we'll see you next week on The Real World on CATR. Thanks for joining us. And... Shout, Shout out, out to, to Benedict Cumberbatch! <laughs> <laughs> Boom.